0: Welcome to One Cause Church. We hope you enjoy this
1: inspirational message. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for the opportunity to come together. We thank you that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, that there is liberty, and that ultimately that you're here. Um, Father, we just ask you right now to to prepare each and every one of our hearts to receive a word tonight, to hear your voice in some way, to hear and experience you in some way, Father, Um, that whatever comes out of my mouth will be rivers of living water into each and every person's lives, that we can all walk away from tonight being changed, hearing your voice, hearing something from you tonight. So, Father, we welcome you here. We expect you here. and, And use me however. In Jesus' name, amen. Thibodeau got into his car last night, and he got in his car, and he started looking around, and he he noticed that some things were missing, and he called the state trooper. I don't know how he had the state trooper's number, but that's who he called. Not 911, it's Thibodeau. Come on, guys. He calls the state trooper, and he says, Trooper, you got to send somebody right now. you got to send somebody quick. He said, I got in my car, and somebody stole everything in there. Steering wheel's gone. Air conditions, they're all gone. The drive shaft is gone. My, t- my, my tape cassette player's gone. Everything. They stole everything. He said, all right, let me find, let me find somebody that's uh, on duty, and I'll send them to your house. They hang up, and a couple minutes go by. Thibodeau calls back. State trooper answers. He said, Hello? He said, Trooper, you can you can ignore sending that trooper. He said, I just I just got one. He's on his way. He said, Well, I got in the back seat again, so don't worry about it. Back seat. It was good. It was decent. Made people laugh. Have you ever got in a situation in your life that's confusing, that's 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 troubling, that's that's uh that's kind of off-kilter, you're, you're going somewhere and you're, and you're ready and you're prepared and, and you know what you expect to see, but sometimes um, something different happens. And you start talking with God and, and questioning God and asking God, what's, what's going on here? There's, there's things that are missing that are usually here, there's, there's, there's opportunities, there's things. Um, and then sometimes maybe you've even considered, God, what's, what's going on? Maybe you've asked the question before, do I matter? Do I matter? Um, God, do you hear me? God, do you care? God, do you know? Um, these are some of the questions uh, that I saw on a YouTube video when I typed in, what do other Christian people ask God? Um, not me, but what other people do. And this is what they said, and I was shocked. I was like, man, that's, that's not right. But the title of my sermon today is Remember You Matter. Remember You Matter, and we're going to be reading in Luke 22, starting in verse 61 and verse 62, and it's kind of a weird scripture. It's a story that we've heard before, but we're jumping straight into the story, and um, because y'all are here on Wednesday night, so y'all already know this. So here we go, Uh, verse 61, and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the words of the Lord how he said to him, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Amen. And then verse 62, we're going to continue the positivity of the service. So Peter went out and wept bitterly. Glory to God. It's going to be a good night. So we're going to dive back into this story. Let me give you some background. We see that Jesus has left the Garden of Gethsemane. He's been taken to where the Pharisees and Sadducees are. and um, He's standing there and, and we know that uh, we know the story of Peter denying Christ. He denies him three times, and Jesus is standing there, and he's in the middle. He's kind of busy, you know? He's, he's kind of busy. He's, he's kind of saving the world. Um, and Peter is just within earshot of him. He can, he can just hear his, uh, one of his favorite disciples. He can just hear him. He can hear that mouth running again like it always does, and there he is denying him a third time. And we pick it up in this story right here, where it says, Jesus turned and looked at Peter, and then Peter remembers something that Jesus had said. And when he remembers this, all of a sudden, oh my goodness, this is this is not good. And he takes off running and weeps bitterly. But the interesting part of this story is we're going to start. You can put that scripture back up, uh, verse 61. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And the Lord turned. You see, in that that moment, Jesus is facing the reason that he's here. Jesus is facing the moment to save the world. But Jesus decides to turn and look at Peter. He decides to turn and look at humanity. You see, in that moment, God himself could have turned his back on humanity. He could have turned away from Peter. He could have turned his back and said, you know what? This, this isn't fun. I didn't sign up for this. I'm tired. I'm grumpy. I'm tired of eating earth food. It's time to go back to heaven and eat good food. I'm tired of dealing with people. Couldn't be, I couldn't have come to, to earth at the time when there were cars or cell phones. There's camels. I don't know what they did for mail or called people. They're sending pigeons. He said, I could have come at any other time, but I'm here. And now all these people hate me. They're trying to kill me. They're about to kill me. If it's me and I'm Jesus, I'm turning away from that moment. Instead of looking at the Pharisees, instead of looking at the Sadducees, instead of looking at all the people that are condemning me, instead of looking at my one friend that I thought I had, deny me. I would have turned my back to everybody. He said, you know what, God? Let's get those angels. Call me a taxi. Call me an Uber. Let's go. We'll try this again. Hey, God, let's go with Noah again. Let's, you know what? Let's just send a flood again. Let's just see what happens. All right. Um, we did it once. Let's do it again. But it's not Jesus. It says that Jesus turned toward Peter. He turned toward humanity. The word Turned has several definitions. It means turned. But the first turn, it means to turn your back on one. To turn of where there's no longer care for one another. He could have turned his back on you and forsaken you. He could have turned his back and forsaken humanity. But when he makes it to the cross, he declares in Mark, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? he says, I can't turn and forsake humanity, I have to be forsaken for them. Because he knew the pain, he knew the issues that Peter was going through, and he says, I don't want you to ever feel that loneliness again. Let me feel it. Let me receive it. So it says that he turns and he looks at Peter to turn around. What's awesome is, is that Jesus in this moment is saving the world. He's starting what he's called to do. In Luke it says that he came to seek and save that which is lost. That's his mission. John 3.16, we know. That's why he's here. And he's standing at the moment to save everyone for eternity. But Jesus caring about the individual person, caring about the individual relationship that he's always been looking to restore since Adam and Eve messed up. He puts all of humanity on a hold for a split second and he turns to the individual person who needs him the most. He says, I came to seek and save everyone that was lost and right now Peter needs me. He turns and he just looks at him. And the word look means to look at him in the eye. A lot of times we could think that Jesus is looking on us and we could feel ashamed and scared and weak, but he looked him right in the eye. Right in the eye with that love and that compassion that he's done for each and every one of us. We see that he turns and looks at Peter. At Peter. Who is Peter? Who is, he's a fisherman. He's a guy that got off a boat. His credentials are not that strong before he meets Jesus. Now if I'm Jesus and I'm turning to look at someone in the moment where eternity hinges, I'm not turning for Peter. Peter. Maybe if it's Michael Jordan or a president, somebody real famous, somebody real cool. If I'm Jesus, I'm thinking, we've won. We've gotten all the way here. Let's finish this thing off. God the Father has moved heaven and earth. We're about to win, we're about to overcome. And he stops all of that for a second to turn and look at Peter. Peter! Now maybe if it was like a king, I'd turn and look at him. Maybe if, if he was a celebrity and he could help me, he could tweet these pictures of me dying on the cross for everybody. Maybe he's really rich, I could turn and look at him, hey, I'm building a church, I need just a little bit. He turns and looks at Peter, a you, a me, a person. It's got hurts, it's got pain, but that ultimately just has love, but in that moment needs a Savior. And then we put ourselves in Peter's position. Do you know him? No, I don't know him. Oh, okay. But no, really, like, you know him. Like, I've seen, I've seen you in the newspaper, and like, I've seen you at the meetings. Like, you know him. No, I don't know him. Okay. But you talk just like him. I, I don't want to keep asking questions over and over again, but you know him, right? No, I don't know him. Peter, being the fisherman that he had, decided to say a couple extra words about how he didn't know him. And he says, at that moment, Jesus turns and looks at him. Well, dang, this is awkward. And he has a moment to decide, should I stay or should I go? And we all know he decides it's time to go. We got to go right now. This is, it says that Peter looked when he saw Jesus look at him, and he remembered what he said. Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And it says, after that, he leaves and weeps bitterly, runs away. He has the Savior of the world, the lover of his soul, the creator of his soul, staring at him. And he backs up and runs away. Same thing happened when we go all the way back to Genesis 3. I think I put that up there. Where are we at? Three something. Oh, thank you. That that was close. That was close. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord called out to Adam and said, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and hid myself. In verse 11, he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not? It's the same thing that happened at the very beginning of time. That God has always been about the individual relationship. He's always been about walking at the cool of the day with you. He's always been about getting right next to you, as close as he can to you, and interacting with you. It's not about what you're doing, it's about who you're talking to, it's about who you're spending time with. We see at the very beginning of here, God's looking for him and looks at Adam and Eve again and Here they go, throwing their hands up and hiding, running away. But it's a a question that has stuck with me for quite a while, and it's this question right here. I've talked about it in communion and multiple times. Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that? He's asking that question because God never told them that they were naked. God never taught them how to be afraid. God never taught them how to sin. God never taught them any of that. He never told them that. When they're walking at the cool of the day, then what are they talking about? God has to be telling them about how to prosper, about how to take care of the garden, about how to love each other, how to grow up, how to be great. Who told you that? If I look internally in my life, and if we all look at that, there's probably things in our lives that we've heard, but if you apply that question to it, I guarantee you things will change in your life. Because there's things in our lives that we've heard from outside sources, from people on the job from people on the radio, on the news, on social media. We've heard people talk, and we've believed a lie. And because we've believed that lie, we've run away. And we've hid. And we haven't reached the potential that God has called us to do because God is steady looking at you. Because He needs you to do something. But it's not that He he needs you to do something. He wants you because he just wants to hang out. And he's been doing this over and over and over again. We see it all throughout the scriptures. That he's just looking for an individual person to hang out. He's just looking for an individual. Here I am, Lord, send me. Oh, Enoch, let's hang out. Okay, just let's hang out forever. You're pretty cool. He's talking to David. He's talking to the kings. He's talking to the prophets. He's constantly just trying to get as close to humanity, to anyone that will talk to him. He says, If you talk to me, sky's the limit. Doesn't matter what situation is happening, doesn't matter what's going on. I'm right here with you. So quit listening to the outside noises. Because who told you that? Because if I didn't say it, then it's not true. Because the only thing I do say is truth. It says that in that moment, Peter weeps bitterly. And those words, weep and bitterly, mean to mourn for the dead. That in that moment, he's so distraught of what he did, and he also hasn't listened to what Jesus said, that he's mourning for the dead already. He's running out knowing that he denied his savior his friend and in his mind at that moment he thinks i'll never see him again i'm mourning for the dead it's not like jesus said a thousand times hey i'm coming back they missed that note and he runs off but what's weird is that it says he remembers and this is what he remembers verse 61 that you will Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. That's what he remembers the Lord telling him. That's what he remembers. But let's go back and look what God, Jesus, actually said to him. 31 through 34. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. That doesn't sound the same thing. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. But he said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Then he said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall crow this day before you. You will deny three times that you do not know me. Wait a second, Peter. You didn't remember the whole thing. You remember the last thing he said. You didn't remember the whole thing. Let's go back a couple verses to verse 31. Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. Okay, you got my attention, Jesus. But I've prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you've returned to me, strengthen your brethren. And by the way, you'll deny me three times. But in that moment, the only thing that Peter remembered was the negative thing. And he held on to that. Jesus himself said, I'm going to pray for you. You're going to deny me. But guess what? When you come back, strengthen the brethren. There's a job to do. There's a relationship to be restored. There's things that have to happen. I guarantee you that at some point, he remembered the rest of the story. because he's on a boat fishing in the end of John. And he hears Jesus' voice. And we're at the same conundrum again. Jesus turns and looks at Peter. And Peter, at that moment, had the the decision to make. Am I going to jump in the water and swim away from Jesus again? Or am I going to jump in the water and run to him this time? And we see, thankfully, he jumps in the water and runs to Jesus. We see restoration happen right there. Jesus, Peter, do you love me? You know I love you. Then feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? You know I love you, Jesus. Then feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? You know I do. Feed my sheep. Acts chapter 2. The day of Pentecost. They're all in the room in one accord. Holy Spirit shows up. Pentecostal revival. Guarantee you there's somebody on the piano. The Tao ministry was in full effect. People were all over the floor. And guess who it is that decides to stand up and talk in front of the entire city? The man who denied his Lord and his Savior to a few. I'll never do that again. I'm going forward because I remember what he said. Strengthen the brethren. I remember that he changed my name and he called me the rock. I remember on that that seashore he told me to feed the sheep. And he says, you're the ones who crucified Jesus, the Son of God. But if you call upon his name, whoever does it, they shall be saved. And all of a sudden, 3,000 people, great altar call. Raise your hand. Come down to the front. 3,000 people get added to the church. Peter then is up on a roof in Acts chapter 10. And he's praying. And he also gets really hungry. And God says, here's a little vision of some food. Take and eat. Peter says, never touched or eaten anything unclean. I will not do it. Jesus says, everything's in threes. Peter, here's a blanket with some food. Eat it. I'm not going to touch it, Lord. God's like, what is wrong with this guy? Jesus is like, do it a third time. Just watch. Do it one more time. Uh, He denied me three times. I restored him three times. I mean, it's just a pattern we have to do with him. And here's a blanket with some food. Take and eat. Peter says, perfect. I will eat it all. He's called to Cornelius' house. And he's the first one who opens up the door for people like me and you. Because he remembered what Jesus said. Strengthen the brethren. When you come back, strengthen the brethren. When you get done crying in the corner, strengthen the brethren. When you get done feeling sorry for yourself, feed the sheep. Follow me and feed the sheep. And then we see the dedication of Peter. 2 Peter 3, I believe I put 14 through 18. Last chapter... Last book that Peter wrote. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace, without spot and blameless. And consider that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation, as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you. Has also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own de- destruction, as they do also the rest of the scriptures. You therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware, lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked, in the last verse of the last chapter. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and forever. Amen. As he dies for this man that he denied, that he had a moment of weakness that could have defined him forever. But he remembered what God said. He maintained the relationship with God. He got as close to him as he could. And the blessing, the calling, because he maintained that relationship, took him further he ever would have gone. You see, tonight, God himself has turned to look at you. And it's not just a normal Wednesday night. I don't know where you're at in your life. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're believing for. I don't know what you're struggling with. But you see, Jesus looking forward into all of eternity says he's also at the right hand of the Father praying and interceding for you. And he's turning and looking for you right now because he wants to go back all the way to Genesis 3 and walk with you at the cool of the day. He wants to spend time with you. He wants to love on you. He wants to take care of you. And he wants to answer those prayers. And he wants to explain the scriptures to you. He wants to help you through those difficult times. Tonight, he just wants you to remember. If you've been coming to this church for any time, I know that God has spoken to you. He's placed dreams and visions in your heart. He's called you to do something for his kingdom. But that's secondary to the relationship that he wants to have with you right now. And I don't know what you're doing or where you're at or what you're thinking. But don't run from him. Don't run away. Don't run away like Peter. Swim toward him. Move toward him. It says in Second Peter 3.9, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness but is long-suffering toward us. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The word slack means to delay or be slow. He's not slow in concerning His promises. The word long-suffering there means not to lose heart. To persevere patiently and endure misfortunes and troubles. Don't lose heart, family. Don't lose heart. Because Jesus in this moment is looking at you. He's looking right at you. He's looking right at me. He's looking at everyone in here. And he wants to bring to mind a dream, a vision, a verse, a story, something in your life that you've turned away from. Something in your life that you've given up on. Something in your life that you've questioned. Something in your life that you're struggling with. Not slack concerning his promises. Don't lose heart, family. He loves you. He cares for you. He wants to walk with you at the cool of the day. He wants to spend time with you. He wants to see you succeed. He wants to see you Be everything that you are supposed to be. Peter could have ran away and continually cried with the dead. But he went back. And the journey that Jesus took him on was from glory to glory to glory. And he changed his world. And you can change your world too. So as I finish... I asked Maddie, she's just gonna sing that last song, just the chorus for a second, if we could stand up. Because God's gonna talk tonight. He's gonna speak to you tonight. In the simple phrase of it is well with my soul. It might not be well in the natural, might not be well in the relationship, it might not be well in the dream. It might not be well in the vision right now. It might not be working out the way you thought it was going to work out. But right now in this moment is the time to declare it's well with my soul. Because Jesus is the lover of my soul. And if he's loving my soul, then there's peace in my soul. I'm going to stop being anxious. Because he's not slack. He's not stopping. He's he's not delaying. His promises. He's bringing those promises to your doorstep. He's bringing to mind. He's reminding you right now of a scripture, of a word, of what he called you to do, of what he needs you to be. So if you could just do me the honor, if you could just raise your hands and just sing these songs and just listen to your soul. He hasn't given up on you. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you think, if you're disqualified from His calling, His purpose, He hasn't given up on you. He's looking right at you because He loves you, because He cares for you, because He wants to see the best person that you are. He wants to talk with you. He wants to spend time with you. He wants to love you. He wants to see you succeed. You're not a failure. You're not a loser. You're not a sinner. You're not a mistake. You're not an accident. Remember what He said to you. Remember what He's called you to be. Remember that He loves you. Let's quit running from Him. Let's run and get as close to them as we can. There's a hurting and dying world out there. and They're looking for us. They're looking for the sons of God. They're looking for this thing to be true. They're looking for a real Christian. They're looking for a real church. They're looking for the answers. And they're trying everything else out there. We have the answer. We have it. And it starts with you saying it is well with my soul. As long as God is on my side, I will always overcome. Greater is He that's in me than anything that attempts to come against me. Have all of heaven backing me up. Have a great crowd of witnesses that are cheering us on. Peter is a pillar in heaven. He decided to go after everything. Father God, it is well with our soul. No matter what the natural looks like, it is well with our soul. No matter what the situations look like, no matter what we've done, no matter what we've said, no matter what's happening, it is well with our soul. We choose to walk with you, we choose to return your gaze. You're looking at us today. And Father, I look at You right in the eyes. And I say, I need You and I love You. And it is well with my soul. Father, move in these people's lives. Father, as they lay down tonight, remind them that You love them. Remind them what You've called them to be. Remind them of Scriptures that they need right now in this moment to help them overcome to help them succeed, to help them win. Father, it is well with our souls. We declare it today by the name of Jesus. We no longer run from You, we run to You. And we will walk in the cool of the day with You and receive the answers that we need. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information
0: about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecostchurch.com.